And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host Stevie D. And Stevie D, what do they say? All good things must come to an end, right? Well, I guess if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan, you are glad that it's come to an end. If you are a Los Angeles Rams fan, then you want the party to keep on going because the Rams were victorious in this year's, again, I'm only doing it just for this show for the Super Bowl, a.k.a. exhibition game. Uh, but they were victorious. And I think it was a yawner. I'm not going to wow. lie. <laughs> I think it was a yawner. So, I, a lot of expectations. A, a lot of, you know, we we went into it, Stevie. We, you know, we were kind of, giving our opinions of what we thought was going to happen and what we wanted to see happen. And it, it, it really didn't come to fruition. I thought it was going to be, a, um, I don't know. I thought it was going to be more high scoring. That first half was a snoozer. It was, it a, was. Snoozer. It was a snooze fest. Uh, the NFL couldn't have been happy with the way the first half played out, but they got plenty of people that watched it. That's for sure. Uh, I think NBC reported 99 million. And then, and then with the online, it was like 112 million or something. You mean all those people that said that they're done with the NFL and they're never watching the game again? Yeah. The, those people yeah. tuned in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm they they done. didn't tune in. They went to somebody else's house and watched it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not oh. watching this thing again. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it was a snooze fest that first half. It really was. It, it was interesting because, I mean, Obviously, this is what we do, right? We, we get on here and we share opinions and we kind of break things down. If Beckham doesn't go down, I think the game changes from what we saw, right? It, it's no longer a three-point game. It, it's no longer um, – or it may have been a three-point game, but it's not a game that's hovering in, in the teens and 20s, right? Um Beckham was just Beckham was that kid in the candy store, right? He he, you know, he stayed up all night waiting for this game, right? So much to prove to the Giants and to the Giant fans. So much to prove to the Browns and the Browns fans. So much to prove to all the detractors out there against OBJ. Me being one of them, right? I, I thought he was a one-trick pony. Uh, I thought he was a prima donna. Um, I, I didn't think that Cleveland was going to work out well for him just because there's only one football on the field at a time, right? And I just did not think that that was going to work out well. But I will tell you, much respect to OBJ because when he came out there, he came to play and he was doing work. Yeah, I, you know, not an OBJ fan because he started with the Giants and obviously I'm not a Giants fan, so – He's not going to get any love, you know, when he was the toast of the town with the one-handed catch against the Cowboys, right? He was the greatest thing ever to hit New York. Um, and then he went to Cleveland and, you know, things were happening there. I was like, oh, my God, you know, this guy, he's just – he's never going to reach his potential because he's just – I don't know. He just doesn't come off like as a team guy, right? And so then he goes to L.A. and it's almost like you wonder if you realize this, this may be my last shot. If I get run out of another organization – that, that I may be done. And so I think he, again, what do I know, right, is he almost channeled himself and said, you know what, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, 
I'm just going to focus in. I may not be the, the main star, but I'm all in. Whatever Coach McVay and, and the offensive coaches want me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm not Cooper Cup. I'm not the main guy right now. Cooper Cup's the main guy, and he did, he's done everything. And I and I, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame what happened to him. It is. It's, I don't know how it to is. put it. It's an absolute shame. The turf monster rearing its ugly head. I mean, we saw it. it what was amazing, you saw it. You knew it instantly. Just like that, you knew what happened, right? We're on the phone texting each other, and, and we said the same thing. Uh-oh. Right. As soon as it happened. Uh-oh. Yep. Because, yeah, you're, you're right. As soon as it happened, you knew exactly. We, we knew it before the announcers knew it. And that's the problem. Collinsworth, how do you not know this? Al Michaels, oh, he's a little slow getting up. What do you mean he's slow? Are you watching the play? You could see it. It just – it the knee does is not supposed to react like that, right? And we've seen it far too often. They've seen more games than we have. And they've seen this injury. And they still were just slow to the party as far as – and not a party in, in a joyous. But they were just slow to it to be able to react and then be able to describe it. It, it really was, uh, you know, very sad because obviously this is the game of games, right? This is the exhibition game. Everybody wants to play in the exhibition game. Um, and then you get your chance and you are already off to a fast start. And then it just comes to an end right there. Right. Um, I fell for OBJ. I did. Um I, I also felt I felt for him for a different, also another reason, right? That's the second time yes. in two years or three years that that same now the same knee, and you know he's still a young man, and 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 you know he's coming off to try to get a new deal. Now he's probably not going to play most. Uh, well, let's he'll probably play next year. I don't know at what point, but again, you're not going to get paid because you're not going to start the season healthy, and and you just don't like to see that at, at anybody. Um, it's just, it's a, just awful. It, it, definitely, definitely. And, and I will tell you the, the other, uh, who, who I was a little sad for, um, was Robert Woods. Um, Robert Woods, he, he went down early in the year. Now I, I, I have a love for Robert Woods cause he was a former Buffalo bill, right? We drafted him high. We had high expectations, didn't work out, went to the Rams, um, and he he had bright bright spots with the Rams, you know, last year. Unfortunately, this year, um, you know, that injury bug got him. It got him early, and he never got a shot, right? And, and really, him going down opened the door for OBJ to come in. I mean, well, that's I, what it is. They signed him, though. They signed him before he went down. They signed him in less than 24 hours. Robert Woods went down. Yes. Yes. Right? So, I, I – that it's just, I mean, bad timing. Could you imagine if they had Cup, Woods, and OBJ on that offense? That that would have been uh, something to watch. Um, you know, to me, that first drive of the game when they went, when the Bengals went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it, and then the Rams come right down the field. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, you're like, man, you got to punt that ball. And I, I'm big on, I'm big on going for it. I like going in a fourth down. I just don't know if I like it on the first drive of the game at a, or maybe the second drive of the game for the Bengals. They went for it, and they didn't get it. And then, you know. Is, it a, is it a sign of desperation, though, right? Um, I Personally, and, and we were just talking, and I'll let you go. 
I, I'm I have my own opinion on this. I thought the coaching from Zach Taylor was absolutely horrendous, yeah. and, and it was almost as if the the game, the the spotlight, the just everything was too big for him, uh, and just he he was all over the place. And and I, maybe you're going to say the same thing. Well, I think we're going to be on the same track on a lot of things on this because I think it was that glaring. When when they were game planning, their fear was the front four, front seven of the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. And they also feared the playoff game where, <laughs> where Joe Pearl got sacked nine times, right? And I think if you put that all together, their game plan was to try to avoid Burrow getting hit, which – you know, at the end of the day, he still got hit and, and you know, had a bad knee sprain. And, and so they wanted Burrow to get the ball out of his hand quick, right? And so they started running the ball, which I thought, great, right? You got Mixon, who's a great back. He's picking up three, four, five, six, seven yards a pop, right? He's able to help you move down. But then all of a sudden, you know, you, you hear this little voice, Go, Joe. <laughs> There's the little voice in, in the back. Go, Joe. And you're thinking, and you're fighting against yourself because you're like, okay, I really do want to go with Joe, but I can't have him do a five- or seven-step drop. He's got to get that ball out quick. And it, it, it then they got in no man's land because that's not really their game plan, right? Not that it's an all-fly route type team, but they're more developing pass plays. And so then it kind of threw everything out of whack. Go ahead. You know, it, it's like um, if you watch the first half, Joe Burrow, what's the old saying? He was very clean. His pants were white, right? There's no no grass stains in the first half, right? They leveraged Joe Mixon. They mixed it out. They didn't score a ton of points. But they, keep, they were keeping Joe upright. And the pass rush wasn't there to get to Joe. So when you think about it, depending on your play call, Maybe you could open it up more a little bit at times when Joe did throw it because they had to respect the run because you were you had a pretty balanced attack. And I look at um, some of the personnel decisions in the biggest game. Uh, I know we're jumping here, right? But I, I mean, I'm going to jump right to the fourth quarter here because this is the most one of the most puzzling ones. It's the biggest play of the game. Was their last play of the game? The biggest offensive player of the game at fourth and three, you have Prairie in the game and not Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. How in the world, unless Joe Mixon is hurt, Joe Mixon and a playmaker is not on the field on fourth and three? The big, what is that? Even so, you saying I put Perrine because I want to fake out the Rams and I'm going to put Perrine thinking that we would never go to him or whatnot. No, right? But I think what it showed was. When the play was breaking down and Joe Burrow just threw whatever he needed to do because he was going to get sacked, Perrine had, had cement shoes. And he didn't even make an attempt to die for that ball. But By the way, compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, proper time to do that on the down. <laughs> just putting that out there. Yeah. And, and But in all seriousness, Joe Mixon's in the game. I think Joe Mixon's football IQ is totally different. Maybe he's a little bit more 
agile with his feet, getting for anticipation that something may happen, and the ball's thrown up. At the very least, maybe it goes off Joe Mixon's hands. Breen stood there and watched it. He well, was a spectator at that point. Here's the problem with that play. Goes back to Zach Taylor, right? It's the most important play of the season. Yeah. How do you allow Aaron Donald to, to basically go one-on-one? It's yes. the most yeah. important play. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't care what Von Miller did. I don't care what anybody else uh, in that front seven had done. I don't care. That guy, number 99, I'm going to have two guys, maybe three, and I would – you, you had to change. You didn't have to go with five receivers going out there. You gotta protect Burrow. You know your line. Quentin Spain, by the way, is the guy that got beat. Whole nother story on him. Former Buffalo Bill wanted to take shots at at the Bills and McDermott. Well, you see what happens, Quentin Spain. But he just gets. I mean, I'm not even gonna say manhandled. Donald just got through there, and, and Burrow really didn't have the time to even set focus yeah. or do anything, and just kind of chucked a prayer. Right. Well, when you think about how they contained Aaron Donald in the first half and then the adjustments that they made really allowed him to, to break free a lot in that second half because he was a beast, more than just the two sacks that he had, you know, l- late in the game. Um, but he was, you know, look, that whole line in that second half, what they get? They had seven sacks in total. I, I like to think it was six in the second half. That they yeah. Had, yeah. Right? I mean, that's just insane. So what did you do differently, Cincinnati? To well, to you tried to start a fight with Aaron Donald on the yeah. sideline. That's what well, you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny how, how 66 came over and gave him a bump, right, and, and set it off. But, again, they got away from the running game. They got away from the running yeah. game. Yeah, and, they did. And, and I think you and I talked about this. And, yeah, you know, you had a Buffalo reference. And now I'll, I'll say a, a Jet reference, right, in all seriousness. In, in Super Bowl three, uh-huh, everybody wants to laugh because it was, you know, back in the day. But in Super Bowl three. The Jets were beating the Colts in that game. And, and the head coach of the Jets, Weeb Eubank, goes to Joe and says, hey, let, let's throw the ball. And Joe says, dude, we got the game. There's no need no need to throw it. And he, he ran the ball the whole fourth quarter. And I look at Joe Burrow and I say, here's a coach that wants to um, get the ball into Joe's hand. When your offensive line is not up to that task and you're seeing it fall apart and the, every time he goes to pass, he's running for his life. But yet – when I was watching Joe Mixon run the football, he's getting yardage. I just go. I remember Joe Namath saying that in his football life story on NFL Network, saying, "Hey, why are we going to pass the ball? We've done it great all game long. Let's just run, run the ball, run the clock." And yeah. I thought that just stood in my head. And I said to myself, Zach Taylor, why? Joe Burrow doesn't need to be the hero. He doesn't need to throw 350 yards and four touchdowns, right? Um, but Stevie D, Stevie D, I will tell you that is one of the biggest problems. Love my bills, love my 80s and 90s bills, right? Forever have a place in my heart. Super Bowl 25, I continue to bang the drum on this. That on that final drive before Norwood's kick, if you watch or if you read the play-by-play selection that I know Kelly had the freedom to call his own place, but that was Jim Kelly trying to seize the moment, right? You always talk about, you always talk about uh, Jordan wanting to take the last shot, 
bird wanted to take the last shot. I get that, right? You have to have a certain mentality where you're going to be the guy to win the game. I get all of that. But also what comes into that is you have to understand the situation. If I'm getting double teamed and I'm Michael Jordan, I'm passing the ball to Paxton, right? Because they're coming at me. That's going to leave them open. Where I equate that back to the NFL, I talk about the Bills. The Giants were giving huge gaps. They were running a 2-5-4 defense. Thurman was gashing him, right? Thurman could get down the field, then a failed incomplete pass to, to Keith McKellar. Thurman could get down the field instead of an incomplete pass out of bounds. So, yes, Kelly got them in range, right? Got them down to what was at the 30 so that you could kick the 47 or 48-yard field goal. So, yes, he did. But could you have gotten closer? Could you have opened it up? But if you keep throwing, you're hoping to get that touchdown. You get that touchdown. What do you get? Aside from this game, you get the MVP, right? This is the mentality. Coaches want these quarterbacks to get that MVP instead of saying, we have to do what's best to win the game. Ride the hot hand. We hear it all the time. The hot hand wasn't Joe Burrow, right? The hot hand was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon could have either salted the game away because they had the lead or could have got them in better position so that you could have either done play yeah. fakes or that it would have just slowed down that pass rush because now they don't know what's coming at them. It, it, it's, it, it's very interesting to see how no matter what sport it is, it's interesting to see, especially when we look at football, how – you know, unless you're a Peyton Manning, unless you're a PED 12, the, the, the coaches defer and try to try to anoint this quarterback. Right. Russell, quarterback Wilson. Russell Wilson with the interception at the goal line. How Give don't it you to Marshawn. Give it to Marshawn. Right. right? You oh, want to yeah. get the MVP? We're going to fake out the Patriots. No, as soon as you got in the lineup – uh, was it Ma- Malcolm Butler? But Malcolm he knew Butler. he recognized what was happening, and he jumped the route, hit the receiver, intercepted the ball. It was perfect. Absolutely, but you, you see I would have given Marshawn. It was the first thing. I don't even know what down it was, but I would have given Marshawn the ball every down until he scored the touchdown. Because he's, I'm so, telling he's you, the one that got you there. It was first down because he's the one that that broke the run that he got tackled at the one. Now, yeah. granted, the clock was ticking, but who cares? Beast mode. We're talking yeah. beast yeah. mode. Yeah. He would have run over me. He could go over the top. Yeah. All right. We, we see it all the time. Um, Stevie D, some other things that uh, in, in the game that I, I found interesting, Jalen Ramsey, and we were going back and forth, uh, Jalen Ramsey didn't have a good game. Not at all. No, and, I, I'll give him the one non-call. Well, we'll talk about that one yeah. in a second. I, but Jalen Ramsey – even on that last play, the stills from the All-22 are coming out. Jalen Ramsey's laying on the ground. If Burrow has like a second and a half more, right, where Aaron Donald isn't in his right. face jumping his back, right, he would have been able to throw the ball to Jamar Chase. Game's over. The Bengals are having the parade today, not not the Rams, right? Because Ramsey is laying on the ground like I, I don't know what happened. I, I I'm starting to come – to the realization, and, and how dare I say this, because he's a Seminole, he's not all that they're hyping him up to be, right? 
if you listen to Chris Collinsworth, Jalen Ramsey was the second coming of, of Dion, and he is far from that. He is a nickel corner. Well, l- l- let's keep in perspective here a little bit with Jalen Ramsey. And, and I'm, I'm the first one to admit it. I have no idea how old he is. But he's been in the league quite quite some time now. He's about, what, five years in? Oh, he's more than that. Not not much more than that. Not, no, not much if more. You, if, you, if, 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 if you're he, able to pull it up. He forced I'm his sure. way, he out, forced of his way out of Jacksonville. Right. But. I'd be surprised if he wasn't he's, a seven-year he's, player. He's, he's 27. He's 27. Okay. And he's still pretty young. Okay. I thought he was older. I was going to say maybe his skills are just diminishing. Uh, but it, he, he was in the 2016 draft, fifth pick in the 2016 okay. draft. Oh, yeah. You're right on. You're spot on there. Five years. So, um, yeah, then that, that goes out the window. So, scrap that. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he was not impressive at all in that game at all. No. And, and when I know when Buffalo played played the Rams, you know he had talked all that junk about Josh, right? That that was the big story where he called he called Josh Allen trash. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think Josh may be able to flip the tables, right? right. We got to respect him. He he's got a good game. Don't don't get me wrong, but I I don't have him in that elite class as a corner or defensive back. I just don't. But you brought you brought up the play. Now, I, I wanted to talk about this one, Stevie D, in, in context. Because after the game is over, right, and, and I get Cincinnati Bengal fan. I do. It's painful, trust me, of anybody to talk about this. I get it, right? And you go through the stages of grief. You remember I went through the stages of grief after um, the divisional playoff game. And so what, one of the stages is where you want to blame something or somebody, right? And so I think part of the anger stage of grief, and then they move to the blaming, right, trying to displace it. It's so-and-so's fault. And they wanted to blame the officials. Now, the officials for the first three quarters, and we know this to be true, they 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 left those flags right in their pocket, right? Which is odd because typically, right, in, in big games, the flags are thrown early, and then in money, yeah, time, somebody calls down, <laughs> somebody calls out to knock it off. <laughs> but yeah, and, and when it comes to money time, right, hockey in the third period or overtime, football in the fourth quarter, basketball in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, all those fouls, all those penalties, you know, they go by the wayside unless it's something really egregious, right? That's what – that's exactly it. It has to be clear in a championship game, it's got to be clear and obvious there's a penalty. Sure. And, and call it. now, when when we saw the, the coming out of the first half, first play in the in the second half, 75 yards on a blown call, right? Now, you knew that there was a penalty, right? They You could have thrown the flag and then huddled up, right? This is what they've done all year long, right? And sometimes they've picked up the flag. But you yeah. knew something you was wrong. It? Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? <laughs> no, none. There's no penalty on the flag, right? And we move on. Right? And, and that that's what we've heard, right? And that's what we've seen. This one, you have a guy going – and all of a sudden, the defensive back falls to the ground, right? 
their feet didn't trip. He, he goes to the ground. His body's contorted. And the receiver catches the ball and goes in for a touchdown, right? Uh, wait, How- I got to cut, cut in for a second. Just for me. When I watched it live, I thought it was a push-off. When I saw it live, I thought he pushed off, created that separation, and Ramsey fell down. So did I. Uh, that's so, how what I saw live. So okay. so did I. But that still would have been offensive pass interference. Yeah, correct, correct. But that's right. what I saw. What I thought I saw with my own eyes. And so you would have thrown the flag. Yeah, I saw the same thing because I too thought it was a push off. I would have thrown the flag. Then when you see the replay, I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> he pulls the face mask to the side and turns yeah. the body down. You're yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. wow!" Cincinnati fan. You can't be upset with the officiating when you got a gift touchdown. Yeah, you got a free touchdown. It was the penalty later gift. in the game was not a touchdown. It was they still how to get in the end zone. I will give exactly. you that. Yeah. yeah. And so and, and now we take it to the fourth quarter. And some people want to say, well, it's the timing. Well, not really, right? Because you've changed the history of the game by not making that call. Right, you you've impacted everything. If Cincinnati now doesn't have that touchdown, their game planning changes. We saw what Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the rest of those guys were doing. If they are forced into a situation where they have to pass, that game could have got ugly. Right, Burrow was not able to hit Chase. Chase was not the guy that we saw. Higgins wasn't the guy that we saw. Right, all, all of a sudden everything changes. And so now maybe the Rams win, like, going away 34 to whatever, 13 or something like that. Maybe they throw 50, like what came against my Bills, right? It could have got real ugly. Instead, it changed the fortune and it made the game closer. So, yes, there was a bad call at the end, but there was a very egregious call that was missed. And the other thing that bugs me about that call, and it bugs me about all of the calls, especially the ones where we say it's a bad call, this is the game that has the most officials, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you you work your way up to this game, and the crews get bigger and bigger and bigger. Same thing happens in baseball, right? In baseball, you know, you have your, your certain set of umpires that are out yeah. there on the field, and then once you get to the, the, the divisional or, or the championship series, there's more. And when you get to the World Series – there's umpires all over the place, right? There's one standing next to the center fielder, one next to the left fielder. They're all over the place. Well, the same thing here in football. So you okay. can't miss this. Well, you how about can't this? miss this. Conspiracy theories. Here we go. Is it a makeup call on the Jalen Ramsey? The, the official waited for the right time to uh, pay it, pay it forward. Very well, could be. I would hate for it to be a makeup call, right? Yeah. Well, I, at the I time really of that game, but you know, maybe that's the time where he could have done it. Because I have to be honest with you, when I saw it, I didn't think it was a penalty. I didn't see a, a jerk of the um, jersey, a pull of the jersey. I didn't see a hand holding him around the waist. Uh, if anything, it, uh, I, I just didn't see it as a penalty. You're, you're talking about on the third down play, correct? Yeah, on, on cup. Yep. So on that one, because there were actually two on cup, right? You had the one that was not in the end zone. There was, a there was three flags in a row. There was three plays with three flags in a row. There, there and was I have a, a problem with another one. There was a grab by the linebacker on the jersey 
for like Wilson. split for a split second. He lets go. His fist, his hand is still bald, but he's not grabbing the jersey. Right. Tough call. Tough, tough call. Um, and I would I would not have called that in that situation because he did not impede him from being able to continue running, right? So you didn't see him jerk back. You didn't see any of that. He still was going. Uh, but you and got- it was a poorly thrown ball by Stafford because he didn't lead the receiver, right? Absolutely. The one in the end zone, I think, was a legitimate call. It, it, it was Which a one? legitimate call. The, the, last, the last one before the touchdown. The one, that mean, put the, the one that put the ball on the one. The, not the roughing of the receiver one. No. Okay. Because the, the problem I have with that one is that there was a hold by the right tackle, and then they hit the Bengals with a uh, defenseless receiver. And he, he, he brought out his hands to make the play and hit him in the upper chest. That is not a penalty. I'm sorry. That's not a penalty. He yeah. uses his open hands, and he hit him really quick, and it looked like a violent hit. But I don't know what the guy's supposed to do. Let the guy just catch the ball? No. The guy had it in his hands. He hit him hard in the chest, and it is what it is. I, I thought that was an awful call. It should have been a replay of the down back 10 yards. But he, So this brings up a whole other thing that you know we're, we are going to have a show in the future about this. I'm so annoyed with these penalties. Personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct, right? These are some these are severe penalties, right? You get hit with the 15-yarder, that's because you did something really bad, right? Holding, illegal formation, <laughs> right? Illegal motion. And all of a sudden they offset. How do they offset? Right? It's the worst thing in the world, but to that. Um and, and then, you know, it, just the way that everything ended, uh, good pass by good pass by Stafford. Got to give him credit. Cup made made the grab. Your your guy. That was who you had for your MVP. So you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, just it, very interesting. You know, way the the events unfolded. And Bengal fan seems to have amnesia for. 59 minutes, right? Every fan, team, every fan of their team have that, right? I think you forget what happened game time, not actual time. You forget what happened 29 minutes and 34 seconds, uh, 29 minutes and 10 seconds ago on the T. Higgins play. You forget that play, and you're in the moment now with 43 seconds left or whatever that number was. Maybe it was a minute and 10 left. I forget the actual number. I think it was over a minute left in the game. And you're so focused on that one play because now it's fourth and five. Now everything gets really tight. And now it's like you have to make this next play. The game's over. And you don't know how Stafford's going to – how he's going to react being a fourth to five game on the line type scenario. Um, and so it just – it hurts you. At the end of the day, you still had an opportunity to make the play. Your team couldn't make the plays, and you wound up losing the game. If you're a Cincinnati Bengal fan, it stinks, right? You're the Cinderella team. Nobody had you there. You're a four-win team, and you made it to the Super Bowl. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. I think probably in the history of the game, no team ever went from a four-win team to a Super Bowl. Great great job there. The Rams were the, 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 the Goliath. They had all pros everywhere. 
They, they will definitely receive a core. I'll give them that with 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 your boy um, Robert Robert Woods and obviously OBJ going down. But they were a stacked football team, They're, right? So uh, kudos to the Bengals. It stinks. It's going to stink for a long time, right? You now lost your third Super Bowl. You in all three Super Bowls. Think about it. You lost all three Super Bowls. I think by the last drive, right? I mean, think about it. It's just incredible. So it stinks, but you have a lot to be proud of if you're a Bengals fan. Um, and if you're Sean McVay, you got lucky. You got lucky. You, you had the Super Bowl trophy. You can ride off to the sunset now and do your ESPN Monday Night Football or whatever. He Amazon says, he's gonna, it, he says he's gonna run it back. He he and Aaron Donald both said that they want to run it back. Well, so. he didn't commit though. He didn't commit to come back. I didn't hear that. Unless there was yeah. an article that came out today. Today at the parade. Gonna okay. run it back. Okay. Yeah, until until Amazon or somebody comes in and, and is throwing you some really ridiculous numbers that doubles your NFL salary. Because uh, he did talk, he did talk about family and wanting to start the family and, and with his fiance and and get that going. So it'd be interesting if he pulls a John Madden, if you will, uh, and, and goes out of coaching at, at a young age and doesn't come back. How dare you? How dare you? Because you are not going out to buy McVay. 34 or McVeigh 35. You are not oh, doing it. <laughs> no, but I you know you're crazy. Dude. I'm just saying, you know, how many coaches really retire before they're 40, right? And and, and just run off in the sunset. Uh, but I, I again, just, I he got lucky. He he's got a ring. He he is not uh not on the Mount Rushmore coaches in my book. No. He, he he's not even on the Mount white castle of anything right so all right cbd all right they let us into this little secret probably about two months ago three months ago and we heard it we were like oh boy it is on and popping right yep. and the lead up was quite interesting right uh the lead up had uh People speaking out like, I can't wait. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. The lead up had people saying, this is the worst thing. How could the NFL do this? Right. And there it came. And I have to say that I enjoyed it. Right. We, sure we, were, we, we were talking uh, before the show. I enjoyed it. But I didn't think it was the best ever, right? A lot of people are saying this is the greatest one ever, and, and when I was it depends on the criteria, right? I think it, you know, the criteria. You, I think you have to put out categories, right? And then how does that fill out the categories? Like for me, I it was my favorite of all time, not because of the stage antics. It was the people that I grew up listening to on the radio in my car with my with my amp and my my speakers bumping right that's what i grew up to that was my era right if dre snoop and mary j right that that was my era 50 cent came a little bit after those those folks right but those three were eminem again further on down the road it was those three for me what were were key listening that were they were always in my car they were always playing um, yeah. all the time, every time I was in the car, one of those three were playing. Like for me, Mary J, real love, forget it. Right. Awesome. Right. I, I, mm. so 
for me, it was great. I don't care what the set was. But, but, see the, but, the, but that goes, that goes into it. That goes into it, right? But, Be- again, but it, it depends on what what you're looking for out of it. For me, I wanted to hear the music. I wanted to hear them perform so, because there's other performers that I was not into. I'm not into country. So if a country person's on there, I don't care what country. I don't so care when, about when, when it first started, I'm right there with you, right? And all the way throughout, I was like, wow, this is great, right? Who's next? You got the television camera angle focusing in on the next one, right? You saw us, Dre go up the stairs. You saw Snoop come down the stairs. All of a sudden, here comes Eminem. You're just like, oh, busting out the side of the wall. There's Mary J. What she did at the end, I have no idea laying on the ground, but that, that's for another conversation. You know, then all of a sudden, there's 50 hanging upside down, right? Kind of showing off the gut a little but, bit. Oh, right, right? But Mary J., I think it's because they had the camera. She knew the camera was above. Right. So by laying down, they okay. got it that way. I think that's okay. why that was that way. And, and then Kendrick Lamar, I could have done without Kendrick Lamar. I, I, I didn't know how he fit into the whole thing other than he's with – I think you told me he's with the label. He, well, Dre, you know, that that's – but still, it was beginning to end, right? And we were guessing, trying to figure out – we heard that there was going to be this surprise, right? Didn't know what the surprise was. I was thinking it was going to be a hologram of Tupac. Kind of was hoping there'd be a hologram of Biggie to say East Coast and West Coast are together, right? I would love that, right? Hear Big Papa come out there. But didn't know exactly what it was going to be. Then we saw that it was 50. And when it ended, I was disappointed because it just seemed so short, right? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't hear the whole set that I wanted to hear, right? I could have heard five things from Dre and five things from Snoop. Five for 55 for Mary, right? Mary could have just gone on, right? Eminem could have come out there and just killed a, you know, a full set himself. Kendrick Lamar, you could have done your one and been done, right? So I, I was a little disappointed that that it ended. And then I started to reflect, right? Not not on the input because, you know, I posted the question because I wanted to hear what, what fans, you know, thought about it, right? And it was interesting. Because it was, again, 50-50, right? If you hated it coming in, that show was not going to change your mind. You hated it coming out. And if you loved it coming in, nine times out of ten, you were going to love it coming out. And so it was good to get that feedback. But what really started to resonate with me, where I had it on a 10, and then I started moving it back, right, from a 9 to an 8. And to me, it probably fell into an 8. You mentioned it was the set. Right, it wasn't on a revolving set. It, it was yeah, a very. You mentioned that. You mentioned that. I didn't even think of it from that perspective. A very stationary set, where everybody was facing one side of the crowd, except for Mary, who was on top, and kind of was swiveling. Right. Outside of that, everybody is even though Dre and Snoop were at the top level, and you could see him from the backside. You're at midfield. You turn around and. and you know, look at the other, look at the other side of the crowd. Turn to the side, look at the people in the end zone. You didn't get that, right? They were straight focused with the whole set design. And I thought that in a, in a way, especially if I'm paying $8,000 for a ticket, I am not trying to see the back of a house and never see 50 cent, right? I'm talking to somebody else. I'm like, who's over there, right? What are they cheering for? Right. Oh, you got to look at the camera. Go go look at the jumbotron. And, and then I see 
you know, a guy with a belly hanging out. Like, who's that? Right? Because that's not 50. Right? We all know 50. You know, 50, you know, he's got power and he's got Black Mafia family and, and Power Book 2 and Power Book 3. And now Tommy's out with Power Book 4. Oh, loving all the power that, that 50's put down on stars. And probably he is too, eating well, right? You know, those checks are coming in, right? So now he, he's you're got dead. the chef coming in. I mean, 50, you're hot 50, but now maybe 50, you're fat 50. Yeah, we don't know what's going on. But I, I <laughs> let me just, we had to shift it back. I, I did think that the show was good. I thought it was entertaining. I thought they could have done a better job to make it more inclusive to everybody. But CBD, I, I will say, uh, and I know we stay away from this. And so I will say, because there's two things I want to bring up. I thought that, you know, when you take a sample and you look at it in its totality, especially uh, who liked it, who didn't like it, at the end of the day, I think it was a microcosm of our society today, right? Because no matter who it is, and you mentioned you don't like country. I, I'm not a country fan either, right? I'm not a Shakira fan either, right? I'm not a, a, a Bruce Springsteen fan, but you can appreciate it, right? But there is no middle ground here, right? There's not people that said, you know, hey, it was a good show. I don't really like the music, but it was a good show. It was kind of cool to see, right. you know, somebody. You don't get that. It's either I love it or I hate it. And, and that, you know, whether we talk about politics, you know, left and right, there's no middle ground. They always talk about people reaching across the aisle back in the day. That's not happening. And that's not happening in our society where people can't just say, I appreciate that. I will never buy Dre, but, you know, I thought it was okay, right? It was better than, you know, a marching band or something like that. And then kind of move on. The other thing that I thought was, was quite interesting was Eminem taking a knee. Because leading up to... Uh, the the Super Bowl exhibition game. The the actual show had been rehearsed and had there was dialogue with the NFL as to you know what exactly was going to uh, take place there and, and so um, what what kind of came out of that was you know Eminem was going to show exactly. Um, what he was going to do. And, and, and I guess it came out that he was going to take a knee and Eminem then uh, I, I think the way that the reports have it, um, Eminem uh, had, had made statements that he wasn't going to take a knee or something along those lines. Um, and, and so it was very interesting to see that during that set where, you know, Dre is up there and you can see Eminem take a knee. Uh, but overall, when when I look at the show, when I look at uh, what what Pepsi and the NFL put out there, I thought that Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Fifty Cent, Mary J. Blige, and again, I don't know why Kendrick Lamar was there, but I I thought they all did a great job. I think they served it well. Uh, there there was uh, pictures that showed uh, Snoop getting a little bit of smoke before the show. Uh, but that's Snoop, right? You can't you can't argue with Snoop. So we we saw a little bit of that. Um, overall, though, um, as I said, if I were to grade it, I would grade it on I graded an eight. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think overall, um, even at an eight grade, I think that it goes up there with a lot of the other shows. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we'll at some point we'll sit back and we'll talk about this and hopefully people will have a clear mind, a clear conscience and give it its just due. Right. And I think in all fairness, you know, bring on other acts, you know, let be diverse, right? The NFL wants to preach about diversity. Well, be diverse in, in who you bring up for your halftime show. Obviously you're trying to cater to a specific group, a, spe- a specific crowd, um, but be diverse. It doesn't always have to be hip hop, right? Which this, you know, we've had Diddy and stuff, but this was the first true real hip hop, but it doesn't have to be hip hop. It doesn't have to be country. It doesn't have to be pop. It doesn't have to be rock. It doesn't have to be, you know, any of that. Let's have, you know, each year, maybe have a different genre or, and we know this, right? It's kind of funny, Stevie D musicians, no matter the genre, for the most part, they they come together. Yeah, they right? do. Right? You see a lot of collaboration. I mean, the the, the one that, that everybody knows the most is, is Aerosmith and Run DMC, right? But they all collab together in, in some manner. So why can't you have them collaborate for a halftime show and give a little bit of hip-hop, give a yeah. little bit of country, give a little bit of rock, right? It do, And you can have the biggest names because the biggest names do it, right? And I think they all win. I think they all win because I think everybody will say, wow, look how they gelled and, oh, I'll listen to their music, right? And you know what? It may do something for society as well to see people from the different genres, the different corners coming together, right, and putting on a show. It's to show that I am reaching across the aisle, to show that I am open to hear other things and do other things. And maybe that itself will will kind of, transfer out to the public and, and then people won't come back and say, Oh, that stuff. That was the worst ever. Yeah. Come on. It, it, it wasn't, it really wasn't, but the halftime show, right? The Pepsi halftime show. CBD. Uh, another thing we want to talk about, um, which well, I, before, thought- I, I want to, before we move on, cause I don't know where you're going to go with the topic, but I, I do have to mention, I got to give a shout out to my mom. <laughs> like it, so obviously I'm not went to watching the Super Bowl right there in New York, and so I get a call from my dad. My dad says, "Your mom's picking the Rams by three. Okay, didn't say the score or anything. Just gonna pick the score by you know Rams by three. What was the final score? Rams by three. <laughs> yeah. So that that is uh, she. You know, I said, Ma, how come you can't channel this for the Jets and give me this, huh?" And she goes, it doesn't work that way. I said, well, you got to get it to work that way. You're killing me over here. She's in New York. Did she hit up that DraftKings app and, and uh, she get a payday? Yeah. You know, I guess she really don't want me to move back to New York. I said, <laughs> you, you get payday, I'll, I'll come back. I'll be able to afford it then. <laughs> Mrs. D, I know a guy. You know, we can get this thing care right away. <laughs> well, everybody knows a guy, right? You got that guy. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Stevie D, um, the MVP award, another topic that uh, was circulating that that I posted out there as well, but that was circulating. Cooper Cup gets MVP, right? For the most part, Cooper Cup had a very pedestrian game, right? He didn't go all gaudy. He had two touchdowns, but I think it was like eight or nine receptions for under 100 yards, but he did have the game-winning touchdown. 
I get that. Yeah, he had some other big time clutch catches and securing first downs to move the chains and clutch spots. If you look at it, um, so he he did have a clutch game uh, for them, and, and he did score two touchdowns. But pedestrian by Cooper Cup standards. Well, when you think of when you think of an MVP award, you think of somebody catching the ball nine for one forty, two touchdowns, and you say, okay, he'd be the MVP. But then if you go nine for one forty and two touchdowns, it typically goes to the quarterback. The quarterback, right? So <laughs> that, that's you know, right. it's tough there, right? I I still think Peyton Manning didn't deserve it with the Colts over the Bears. I thought Joseph Adai with his nine catches uh, for. 80-something yards or 90-something yards and his 80 yards rushing, uh, to me, was he was the star of the game for the for the Colts, and he didn't get it, right? He went to the quarterback. Um, yeah. So, you know, Cooper, Cooper Cup, I thought, with his eight or nine catches for 90-something yards, two touchdowns, some big-time catches when OBG got down, they had nobody else, he had some clutch catches. Because, really, Stafford didn't have a great game to begin with. It's not like they threw the ball all around, all, all around the field either. So I thought – from an offensive standpoint, it was clear Cooper Cup was the number one for the for the for but the Rams. I, I'm going to make the case that it was Aaron Donald, right? Because when when I look at that, and to your point, there there was only one guy to throw to, right? So by by default, it was going to Cooper Cup. Uh, but when I look at Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald was from from the opening snap was being double teamed. And was still getting pressure, so he he was doing more than his job by freeing it up for uh, his other mates there on the on the defensive line. He got in there, he had a big sack early, and then this magical thing that the NFL does, right? The NFL says basically at the two minute warning, <laughs> we need your votes in for who's the MVP. Oh God. Okay, so 58 minutes have been played. What about those last two minutes? It really doesn't matter, right? So after the Cooper Cup touchdown, which was after the two-minute warning, then everybody threw in their vote, right? And they submitted who they thought would be MVP. Let so alone, can you blame the voters then? Well, again, we blame Roger Goodell, right? Right. This is, but you this can't is, blame the voters because – they that happened to, all before Aaron Donald made some plays, they, right? They they had to get it in, right? Well, Aaron Donald might as well just laid down and said, you know what? I can't get MVP. Who cares, right? <laughs> We're going to win this game anyways. But no, that's not what he did. Um, and, and so it, it has to change. Something has to change. I mean, there's so many things that, that we pick out. Love the game. Love the sport. Love everything about the NFL. But, you know, this is almost a disservice as far as recognition to Aaron Donald. Well, I don't know if Aaron Donald, I would give Aaron Donald the MVP. Why not? Um, I could could go a co-MVP. Well, he made plays at the end to help that. He he made plays. He made plays from the opening drive, right? So uh, the Rams got the ball first, and then when they punted, he was the one to start making plays because they're double teaming him. He's freeing it up sure, so, that, sure. so that there's pressure on Burrow. They didn't get the sacks early, but they got the pressures. They that, forced the punts. That's like, they, saying, that's like saying the left tackle made some monster blocks. So Timmy Smith and or Marcus Allen goes for the yardage, but nobody talks about the left tackle that cleared out the hole and he did fair, it all game long, right? Fair. So, I, I can't give Aaron Donald credit but, for taking a but, double team while Von Miller or somebody else in. 
But uh, he's doing that. He's got tackles for losses. He's stopping mixing it, it periodically throughout that game. He did have a sack early. He put pressures on. We know that that the NFL counts quarterback pressures and hurries. He was doing that, right? And then when it gets down to uh, the end of the game, the, the last 20 seconds of the game, he's the one that actually, in my opinion, won the game by putting the pressure on Burrow forcing him to roll out and just knew that he was about to go down and just chuck his ball. And, and you can thank Zach Taylor for deciding in that moment in the game. Well, by in, the in, that, in that case, Zach Taylor should get MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I would have been more than fine with a co-MVP. It's done before, right? I thought Cooper Cup made the plays that needed to be made paid offensively because there was nobody else left. Let's face it. Sonny Michelle didn't do anything. Henderson didn't do nothing. Why? Well, Sonny Michelle may have been hurt. Cam, 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 Cam Akers didn't, didn't do anything. do anything, right? OBJ goes down. Cam, Cam Akers had one run. He had one right. run. It well, because like, oh, you're gonna trust Cam Akers with his fumbling problem? I'm not trusting Cam Akers until he figures it out. So I, I I'm glad to hear that because I wasn't the only one thinking like, oh, uh, if you fumble here, <laughs> if you fumble here, um. All right, hey, Aaron Donald did have did have a very good game. I could have been I I would have been fine with a co MVP. Um, Aaron Donald definitely adjusted the out the outcome of that game under two minutes. He, so, he 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 moved that pile. Yeah, and he caused disruption. He had the sack. He caused the disruption. Caused the the early pass. Um, I I would have been fine with a co MVP because I I just thought both of them. Um, both of them had a really good game. Yeah. So, I Stevie, I anyway. so Stevie D, I do want to acknowledge two people, uh, Eric and Nick, uh, two people who I work with, uh, diehard Bengals fans. Uh, and, and I told, you know, I was talking to Eric, you know, always congratulated them leading up to the playoffs, right? Good luck, you know, all of that. Um, and I know it's painful, right? I know it's painful. I gave him the 48 hours, right? That That's automatic. You have got to give 48 hours. And then, you know, I, I tried to bestow some of my pain, some of the things that I've gone through. You know, do you need to talk? I get it. I explained the whole stages of grief, right? Eric was like, yep, I'm right here in those stages of grief. It. It, it happens. And he said it's going to hurt for a while. He said it's going to take him about a month or two. And, you know, I, I get that, right? Because I'm still at a fragile point for mine, right? And it wasn't even the exhibition game. So so I get that. But I, I want them to know that, you know, if, if you need somebody to talk to up here, I get it, right? That we here at OW Sports, we understand, right? We understand you're not in this alone, Right. Uh, you know, I hate the term, you know, well, better luck next year and all that stuff. Forget all that, right? If you need to let it out, just let us know. We're, we're here for you. And, and um, unfortunately, guys, you're in my conference, so I'm not going to say better luck next year, right? Because you are where I wanted to be. So maybe we'll see each other in the AFC championship game. And, you know, then I'm not going to be, so so gentle or so kind uh at that point right so we'll, we'll just leave it at that uh but stevie d we're at the end of the season 
and this season went so fast. <laughs> it went so fast. Incredible. And you, you would have thought that this was, you know, week six, week seven, right? So much happened, uh, whether it be, you know, players with COVID, um, you know, whether it be all that happened with Deshaun Watson this year, right? This year is going to be marked by that. Uh, PED 12 and, you know, whether or not he was going to retire or if he's going to stay and all of that, right? Talking about how he's a, you know, medical marvel and all that kind of stuff. And just ask Ask Alex Guerrero about being a medical marvel. That's all I'm going to say. So for PED 12, we had that story. Um, and, and then you had the, you know, from my Buffalo Bills perspective, right? You you, you had called them early, right? And, and at the end of the day, this, this was a lost season. It really was. You know, high expectations, great expectations um, that, you know, I'm not willing to blame it on rules, even though I think that the rules should change, but I can't blame it on the rules, right? I blame it on that, which is now in my world, a mythical number that lies between 12 and 14. And it tells me that the coaching staff has got to be better, right? If you're going to take away from something, I don't believe in the word failure, right? Failure, it, it does not exist. It's an opportunity to get better, right? You may not accomplish what you need, but as long as you're able to learn from that and get better, then it's not failure, right? It's a learning, it's a learning opportunity. And I'm hoping that the Buffalo Bills use this as a learning opportunity, right? All of a sudden, if you look in the second half of the season from Sean McDermott, we saw kind of a different uh, you know, kind of a morphing into a different type of coach where he was a little bit more aggressive. He he started to challenge some plays. He, you, you could see where the offense started to change. And everybody wants to say it happened uh, with the Buccaneers game, but I, I think that in totality, that, that second half and that push, you saw what could be and what should have happened early on, right? I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Even though there were still bumps in the road, you learn again it's a loss you have to chalk it up but you learn that you have to be ready for each and every opponent who you play no matter if it's home or 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 on the road you have to be ready you have got to get up it's only it's so short 17 weeks we just talked about how short it is and so if you let a game like that slip by next thing you know you're not at highmark stadium you're traveling to Kansas City and you're playing in the Arrowhead, right? That one game. You look at the Tennessee Titans game, right? What happened there? You're not at high mark stadium. You're playing in Arrowhead. And your fortunes could be completely different, right? This whole conversation that we had for the last hour could have been about the Rams and the Bills, right? Probably wouldn't be having the conversation because if it was the Rams and the Bills, we would be doing this via satellite from the 716, and I would be running around crazy, you know, saying that that we won the exhibition game, right? That that type of thing could have happened, right, based on some things that happened earlier in the season. So with that being said, as we head into the 22-23 season, take from what you've learned, build upon the things that were great, and improve upon the things that that did not work out so well and become a stronger team 
You lost Brian Dable, but you know I, I'm not worried like some people talked about because you, you maintained and you kept Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is, is it, he may <laughs> he may be from there, but the the guy from Wyoming <laughs> like the guy from the U, right? And, and that was his guy. It wasn't Brian Dable. And to listen to Brian Dable when he left and what he said at the podium about the Bills and some of the players and some of the coaches, that tells you that he wasn't all in. He was invested in that team. And that's what you want. You want guys that have the same belief, the common belief, so that you can get to the pinnacle, and that's winning the exhibition game. So you kept the right guy. Leslie Frazier. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Well, I, you know, you say it like that, but I think we know, right? Because you listen to what people say, and – Sometimes it's the things that they don't say, and sometimes it's the things that they say indirectly that really speak volumes, right? Now, yeah, I, I'm just hoping that, you know, when you look at the cap number, you know, we're, we're up against it, right? So there's going to oh, be some... I, I thought you were pretty good. I thought no. they were saying you were actually pretty good. No, not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh, you got to free up the space. We, we got to make up. some moves, right? And, you know, there's there's some big moves to be made, right? And we're going to have some future shows, and obviously we'll talk about the Bills and the Jets and what they're going to do in the offseason. But there's some players that, you know, have played their last game at, as a Buffalo Bill, or at least for next season they played their last game as a Buffalo Bill. We're going to free up some money. We're going to get Trey back. That's going to be a big benefit. And there's areas that we have to improve it. And I'm just hoping that they put it all together. And, and this conversation that we had, as I said, is not going to be about the Rams and the Bengals. It'll be about the Rams and the Bills or whatever NFC team it is in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Stevie D, the end of the season for you? Well, you already did, George, eight weeks ago. But <laughs> 12 weeks ago. <laughs> well, at the, at the end of the day, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're in a rebuild, right? I do like the direction. Um, I, I, you know, look, we, we got to see what the Jets are going to do. Are you going to trade out, trade down? I hear it's maybe the Steelers coming up at 10, making a trade with the Jets. So I, I think the Jets are going to be in the mode of stockpiling picks to help rebuild this thing and getting in good quality young players. Um, uh, it, at the end of the day, what I really want to see, uh, look, free agency. We have a lot of money. We have a lot of draft capital. We're going into the second year with the rebuild. So there's a lot of optimism, right? But you got to cash in on your draft picks. You're free agents. You can't bring in these prima damas that want all the money and then don't show up on the field. So you got to spend your money wisely, right? Um, Team-friendly deals to get young players that are still hungry on the cheap that are ready to explode to help you out. Um, and then, honestly, I want to see Steps and Robert Sala uh, as a coach. I got to see him grow as a coach. Um, I think there was a lot of areas for him to improve that you you watched in the games, right? You give him, you know, that pass maybe the first quarter to half a season because he's new, and, and you want to see some improvements. But I, I thought um, um, his challenges, the lack of awareness of when to call a challenge and do the right things, it's timeout management, getting players on the field and off the field. We had a lot of delayed game calls that, to me, we should have been calling timeouts. Where are you, Robert? Calling the timeout, right? You can't go from fourth and one to fourth and six. You can't move your field goal kicker who couldn't kick a field goal anyway the first half of the year. You can't make him go from a, a 46-yarder to a 51. The guy wasn't going to make it. And just, you know, those type of things. Also, show more emotion on the sideline. He was very 
like at times you looked at him and you say, man, is, is the moment too big for him right now in this game? Because he was so kind of calm. And then suddenly some emotion came out, which I think he's a better coach when he shows that emotion. That's who he is. Don't change who you are because now you're the head coach. Be who you are. That's what made you successful as a coach. Your players feed off that energy. If you're a high energy guy, they feed off of it. And so don't, you know, don't change who you are because now you're a head coach. Um, uh, do what, what got you there. So I really want to see a growth from him, right, uh, as a coach. Uh, so th- those are just some of the things. And we'll get more into it as as the season unfolds, you know, as, as the, the new season begins. And you kind of see where they are, who they cut, where they, where they see they may fill it. I, I'm not a big mock draft guy. You can't do a mock draft. We're doing draft. one. We're, we're doing one. I don't know how you can do a mock draft when you haven't even gone to a free agency yet. I can fill a hole through free agency. I'm not going to draft for right. So uh, we're doing what we're we're trading just like last year. My Bills are trading up to the number four spot. We're taking somebody in the top five. But so actually, actually, maybe maybe we'll do a mock draft on the podcast. We'll 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 get representation from all all the different teams, and we'll go through a little draft. You know, people take it serious. Maybe do some trade. Do it like. After free agency starts, so I can see what the, some of these teams have signed, so I can you, try and you, figure you out. You know what your at. needs are. I mean, you need a quarterback, you need a kicker, you need a punter. I mean, your first three picks are all set. <laughs> so, we got Joel Pinero. What are you talking about? We need a kicker. <laughs> He's been our best kicker since we had Nick Polk. It's unbelievable. A guy that's been selling car insurance for the last two years. He's the guy that can kick a field goal. Well, all these other yahoos we brought in can't kick an extra point. I, I see. I was able to slide in the fact that you needed a quarterback and, and got no response from me on uh, that one. Uh, you know, I there, those things do more. <laughs> you learn to take those things out. So, Stevie D, uh, just like for the players in the in the NFL – uh, I think we are going to take a little bit of hiatus. We're going to get on the golf course. We're going to swing the clubs a little bit, especially down here in Florida, because uh, I need to get as much golf in as I can before it starts to get back up to 90 degrees. I, I swear I'm the biggest masochist, right? Because when the temperatures are nice, when it drops down into like the 60s and 70s, I'm never on the golf course. And then next thing you know, it's 85, 87, 90. Well, it's good when you swing with the heat. You need the heat. And the 100% humidity. Oh, I'm out there every week, right? And just sweating and just like, why didn't I play this much golf when I could, right? So I'm going to try to get on the golf course a little bit, uh, do, some, do some extra things that we haven't done. So we're going to take a little brief hiatus. Uh, but when we come back with our new season, we're going to come back stronger than ever, right? We'll be ready. We've, we've done the, the video, right? We've done the live stream. This has been great. Love the interaction that we've had with the people out there. Um, doesn't mean that we're not going to keep posting and keep sending alerts through the page. You know, we're still going to be active. Just our recording session, we're going to take, take a little bit of R&R from that. Uh, but when we come back, as I said, there's some big things we're going to be talking about, especially leading into the season. Obviously, we'll be talking about free agency. We'll be talking about the draft. We're going to do our, our special shows, right, where, you know, we, we rank some players. Uh, you know, we never gave any love to the kickers or to the punters, Stevie D. We never gave any love to the special teamers, right? But if we're going to do it, you know, we can't be hypocrites because we bash the Hall of Fame voters 
for not putting in Ray Guy forever and a day or for putting in, uh, you know, some of the kickers that have done great things or how dare I forget for not putting in Steve Tasker, who, who is now relegated to the the senior crew or whatever they call it, you know, that, af, you know, the the after effect. The afterthoughts, there it is, right? And Steve Tasker should be up there. First and foremost should be up there. So how dare we go out there and just slam the, the Hall of Fame voting process when we're doing a top 10 list and not include guys like Tasker and the special teamers, the kickers, the punters, right? We, we got to do it, right? We talk about being real OW sports. Well, then, you know, Let's man up and let's do that, right? We'll put the homework in. We'll put those guys out there, and we'll see how that list goes. We're obviously going to talk about the Hall of Fame, right? Just talking a little bit about that once again. And it's, you know, when we talk about the the Hall of Fame, our Hall of Fame conversation goes in, in different directions. We talk about football, and we talk about baseball. We don't talk about hockey and basketball because they seem to get it right. You know, for the most part, they get it right. Right. But when you talk about the the just the worst of the worst, it's the baseball writers of America and it's the and it's the football hall of fame voting process. The worst of the worst, right? This year's class, we'll talk about it, but I wasn't happy. Right? Yeah. I, mm. and, and so we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. so there's a lot that 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 we're gonna talk about. And if we do it right, we're gonna just like we did this year, we'll time it up so that it, it kind of leads right into preseason week one and we're off and running and you know again we thank everybody that has been a part of the show this year right and in the comments and the feedback i know lamar wants us to have a ow sports after dark we may slip one of those in now that it's the off season maybe we'll throw one in you know you got to tune in after nine o'clock to kind of hear that uh but we're 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 gonna we're gonna have some fun so i'm i'm excited i'm looking forward to it uh, and just keep bringing good content. If you have any ideas, suggestions, we love to hear from you. Uh, you know, other thing we want to do is we want to bring in some guests, you know, get some big time guests up on the show. Uh, you know, hopefully people stop um, taking from us. I don't like people, you know, coming into my house and taking from me and then trying to reuse it as your own. Just putting it out there, right? Just ask, right? Send me a note and say, yo, this is crazy dope like to use it on my do you mind right give me a shout out i'll even give you a shout out so i'm reaching out to you you know who you are you're more than welcome to come on the show we'd love to have you love to talk about it we're ow sports right so we talk about all sports so we'd love to have you on and, and potentially help you promote what you have going on so you know much love there uh, but that's 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 about it stevie that's about it all right so uh with all of that and that long just diatribe <laughs> uh, again, you always get at us at Real OW Sports. Uh, go to our Facebook page. You can leave a post, leave a comment. Love to hear from you. Um, and as I said, we're going to be on a little bit of R&R. So for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>